Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Josh and I are both back in the studio at the same time. And today we're going to be talking about the interference effect. And reason being is because there was a, a study that's been going around the internet in our circle of mm -hmm. peeps and kind yep. of the fitness and, and rehab world. And it was basically breaking down uh, a new meta-analysis that came out in November of 2022. So it would have been a couple months ago. And it was essentially comparing the effects of, it was looking at the effects of interval training or, or HIT training as compared to steady state cardio and their effects on muscle growth or hypertrophy. Yep. So, my thoughts are we should probably define the interference effect, what that is, and from my understanding, this is all kind of new to me, but apparently there's a debate on if this is something that actually exists or not, kind of like, I, I guess, maybe the metabolic window, does it right, exist right. or not? So, maybe we can break down what is the interference effect and does it exist? Yeah, you know, the, the best way I heard, I've heard this described is... Um, from Kyle Ruth, I believe is who I've heard it say this, is that your, think of it as your body has a finite amount of, let's call it adaptation currency, right? Its ability to adapt to different stimuli um, is limited. It can't constantly get better at everything all the time is the idea. This is that idea there, right? People who are huge proponents, proponents of CrossFit would argue that you can bring pretty much everything up through that constantly varied functional movements at high intensity all the time. But the argument is that if you want to maximally develop any one of these areas, it, it's going to be difficult to do it all at the same time. And then within that, it also is kind of this idea that certain stimuli are, I want to say more difficult or more challenging, but they take more metabolic energy, more, they're, they're more metabolically expensive, or they're harder to recover from or adapt from, or the body is going to prioritize adaptations or recovery for certain types of stimuli than others. For example, changes in pH, so more like your harder lactic metabolic type stuff, you, if you're doing a ton of that along with hypertrophy type training, in, in your body has to make this kind of decision of how it's going to prioritize recovery, it's going to focus on becoming better at, you know, buffering and clearing and handling the lactic stimuli than it is the mechanical tension part of that and increasing hyper, hypertrophy in that instance. And so the argument with this is that if you want to maximize strength gains, maximal strength development, or muscle hypertrophy, more size, which you know those aren't exactly the same thing, it, if you do that and do other things, you might be blunting the adaptations or the response from the training for those things. So that's the idea of those other things might interfere with the development of strength or hypertrophy. And that's where that currency thing comes in. It's like, you got $100, you got to figure out where you're going to spend it. And your body's kind of got to handle that a little bit. Um, but there, there's a lot of debate on all of this. Sure. So basically, yeah, hopefully that kind of made sense. Yeah, you, you chase two rabbits, you go home hungry. Yeah, you, you know, that's kind of the idea. But then there's been more of this idea that, well, maybe we can do some concurrent training but it's if the concurrent training has to be designed effectively mm -hmm. and it has to include things that aren't going to compete for resources essentially in that same thing and then we might want to prioritize um, the the other parts of this maybe the ones that would interfere with strength hypertrophy or with maximal aerobic development or mm -hmm. the ends of the spectrum or that middle stuff we might have to prioritize that at a different time mm -hmm. um, now again this is uh, maybe flies in the face of kind of the 
CrossFit model of you can do constantly very functional movements, high intensity all the time and bring everything up. And I think that that does work for number one, somebody who's novice. Right. Sure. Somebody who's novice into all this don't have to worry. Works. Yeah, everything works. They don't have to worry about the interference. Yes. Just like show up, put the work in the gym. You're going to get you better. Just, you right? just look at the barbell. Exactly. You're going to yeah. So yep. so if you're brand new into training, don't worry about all this. Like just show up to the gym, do your class, get after it. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you go further and further and further into this, or you've been doing it longer, or you're a little bit older, or your training age is more, meaning you've done some, a lot of training over time, you may have to prioritize this over the course of say a year and have times where you are starting to prioritize these things. So. I think then ideas like the interference effect come into into play. And so then it's figuring out, okay, using like this research, like this meta-analysis or other ones that have come out, is determining, well, what can I pair together? What shouldn't I pair together? How do I structure my training year effectively so I eventually at the end of the year maybe can have brought up all these different areas? Uh, but if I try to do it all at once, uh, you might be a little bit of a slower progression than if you prioritize certain things and then move from one thing to the other and build in that way. Sure, absolutely. So yeah. the, the, I have to compartmentalize this in my head yeah. and I have to think about the extremes and then figure mm-hmm. out how to work back towards right, the middle. Right, right. So yeah. I, all right, I'm thinking muscle hypertrophy, I gotta think bodybuilders. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the the masters of interval training used to be your your boot camp style beach body type things. Right, now right. I'd say cross right? Yeah, middle, yeah, exactly. yeah, middle ground. Yep. Right. So clearly, the bodybuilders, especially in the elite world, are going to be way bigger. For sure, they're going to not be as fit in all these other elements. You know, right, in terms right. of cardiovascular endurance, blah blah blah, right. that sort of thing. Maybe even strength in a lot of ways too. Sure. But again, we're looking at pure muscle growth. They're going to be kings. And to be honest with you, just the face validity of this, this makes sense. This is what I've seen this for, will, for decades. Oh, yeah. Right? Elite <laughs> bodybuilders have already figured this out. <laughs> yeah, right? you, you, go yeah. To, you go to the gym. You see the biggest dude in the gym. He's he's going to get his weight lifted on, and then he's just slowly on the stair step or maybe on the treadmill, something like that, for you know 30 minutes or something towards towards the end of the session. Yeah. And I feel like this is yet another example of where the bodybuilders got it right. I mean, the, the, the federal yeah, government is saying when you point eight grams per kilogram body weight, they've been saying, no, you need at least a gram per pound of body weight. Yeah. They, they've been right about this cardio, mm-hmm. I would say, yep. as it as it pertains just to you know strictly muscle hypertrophy, I'm even going to go ahead and, and, and say I'm going to get ahead of my time and say they might be right about some performance enhancing drugs too. Yeah, and then oh, but even uh, when you think about uh, other things we use in clinic. Blood flow restriction. Bodybuilders have been tying that stuff off, like tying their right. their arms off and doing stuff for decades before it mm-hmm. became a clinical thing. Yep. Like so, a lot of times the the science can follow some of the innovation in that way, mm-hmm. and and certain people at the extremes of their sport can find these things out through practice and through what they've gone through. Um, and now the studies I think are starting to show that kind of thing. Sure. So so I take uh, a lot of this into account when I'm trying to design training sure. programs. Sure. So. Then, then the, I guess the other end of the spectrum would be the the CrossFitter, the average CrossFitter. Yeah. Right? I guess. Well, be, I guess that would be the middle of the spectrum. The other end would be like more your true endurance runner, and like you know, like they're are they doing any hypertrophy training? If that's uh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, CrossFitter in the middle, then then the runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like yeah, your your marathoners. Right, right. Yeah. So I I think for, as far as being maybe a well balanced human being and yeah, probably yeah. improving all your. Your blood panel markers, things like that. CrossFit's probably going to get you there for sure, better for than sure. being a. a ultra we're big fans of CrossFit. This is definitely not a thing. knock on CrossFit, right? Right. right. You know, yeah. yeah. In terms of you, you know, maybe that that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But again, if we're looking at purely at at 
hypertrophy or elite endurance gains, yes, right? Yes. Doing CrossFit type stuff is probably not going to make you the best at each of those, but right. also that's not the goal of CrossFit, right? So you also take that into account. Correct, correct. Mm-hmm. Because we know that if you do put on too much muscle, muscle mass, there's diminishing returns, especially mm-hmm. from some of those body weight movements like the gymnastics yeah, yeah. things and, and, sure. and things of that nature as well too. So you look at the champions in, in both categories. They're not always the biggest dude in the field. Every For sure. Time, or, mm-hmm. or female in the field yeah, yeah. as well too. So... But you, you did mention that if you look at this from, I guess, the what the macro cycle, you look yeah, at this yeah, yeah. For, for the long term and the way that this gets programmed where a person may want to get the best of each world. They may want yeah. to get some muscle mass and also improve all the other elements of fitness. Their, sure. their technique work, their power development, strength development, all that kind of stuff yeah. too. So I guess how would you just bare bones how would yeah. you typically work how deep do you want to go yes, yes. Um, well I think let's, let's define a, a couple of principles first into this based on let's say this meta-analysis and some other meta-analyses that kind of come out that have kind of looked at this idea and so this idea would be if you're taking this as um, it is going to be harder or you're going to be maybe limiting your development of maximal strength and muscle hypertrophy if you are including more high-intensity interval type stuff with it. If you think of that as like, let's say, fact in this instance or, or proven or whatever you want to call it. And if you look at even among, there's also some literature that shows, yes, you can do concurrent training between uh, maximal strength or hypertrophy work and aerobic work and you keep the intensity of aerobic work like low enough. But there's also some literature that shows if you want to develop more of like some of the explosive strength and power in there, you actually want to take your aerobic work and separate it from your um, strength work or hypertrophy work. You don't necessarily do it as part of the same session. You would split it up by at least three or four hours in the day or do it on different days. So if, you, if, you're, if we're taking those kind of things into, into account um, as, like, as, as truths in this instance, right, for whatever that means, um, when I'm thinking about my programming, I look at the year first, or, you know, if you're working with the Olympian, you might do something more like a four-year total plan. But most of the time, I'm looking at a year for, for people. I'm, I'm looking at a year. And you're determining if it's someone who needs to have a, one of those elements of, of fitness or of, of strength or of whatever it is. If they need to be super prepared in that area for a competition or something mm-hmm. like that. Or if they're a general population, they're just trying to get a little bit better, then I'm not necessarily worried about a specific event or time point. I'm going to space it out based on you know other variables. Uh, I'm going to look at how do I structure these blocks to build on each other. So I would most likely start most, like, most people off on one of these maximal strength or hypertrophy type resistance training plans paired with lower intensity concurrent aerobic work. Mainly because the vast majority of people don't need super, super, super high intensity to achieve their health and fitness goals. Can they get there using that? Yeah, cross, when again, not knocking CrossFit at all. But you don't have to go balls to the wall, be laying on the floor, staring at the fan, thinking that was hard every day to be fit and be healthy. A lot of people think yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. You, But you can get there. And I'd argue that a lot of people probably need to step back from that sometimes and go more of this maximal strength development you know but but even before that a lot of times more of like accumulation blocks where you're trying to develop some mass and and more hypertrophy then go into maximal strength development um, paired with more aerobic work so if i think about this on the whole year i'm probably keeping the vast majority of their time spent in those realms and a small amount of time maybe blocks of four to eight weeks four to six weeks four to eight weeks maybe once or twice throughout the year where i might prioritize that middle ground that high intensity type piece and during that time i'm just trying to maybe get touches to maintain 
maintain what they've built strength and hypertrophy wise or aerobically. I'm gonna just get touches there because I'm prioritizing that middle system a little bit more. But the majority of the time, if they're just trying to be healthy and live a long time and be functional and, and look good naked and all those things, they don't have to die after every session, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm taking maybe once, twice, three times out the year, maybe small blocks where I'm prioritizing that higher intensity interval training for people within the general population. The rest of the time is spent in those other two realms. Now, I still in those other two realms will have periodization even within that. So on the strength and hypertrophy side of that equation, I'm gonna go through blocks of accumulation or more of like, uh, you can think of that as more of a hypertrophy type block where we're, we're increasing volume, we're building, you know, maybe two sets of something one week, then three sets, then four sets um, or, or something along those lines. And then I'll move that into uh, a period of time where we're emphasizing more maximal strength development to where then it's no longer building volume, it's about decreasing volume while increasing loading and increasing intensity. So I'll kind of have have a progression among their resistance training and then I'll also have a progression among their aerobic work where it will start much lower in terms of intensity and focus on increasing duration and get them comfortable for moving longer periods of time and and, and then build an intensity of that still keeping it aerobic but building an intensity of the aerobic work so it's not just walking you know in terms of like if you think about it like walking versus running you know it's not all just walking it would be potentially walking and if you're thinking about it just that continuum um, you could use a bike or a row or two mm -hmm. but walking into light jogging into intermittent harder runs with rest or walk run scenarios like you're increasing intervals you're progressing the aerobic work too right. so you have those progressions going on and those cycles having multiple times and then after a few of those cycles then I'm stopping those cycles focusing on maintaining those elements and building the middle portion mm -hmm. the higher intensity interval stuff because now I've laid a great base of strength and and mass development and also aerobic development to help me now prioritize the middle ground which requires strength hypertrophy and also the aerobic system to be able to recover between those higher intensity interval bouts or mm -hmm. recover between sessions so I need to have that mm -hmm. um, and then even if you you can go down the rabbit hole more my higher intensity or my higher level athletes my crossfitters maybe who are doing multiple sessions a day, I'm breaking a lot of that aerobic work off into its own session to where they're doing early AM, easy movement stuff or aerobic progression. And then in the afternoon after lunch, they're coming back to the gym and they're hitting more of their maximal strength work. I'm splitting it even more because as we see in some of those meta-analyses and, and different studies, the closer those things are performed even, you might have a slight, slightly blunted response. So I want to separate them even more if I can. You said at least three to four hours in between. Typically that's what, like there's a, there's a good study in um, sports med in 2022 um, that uh, we talked about the compatibility of aerobic work and strength training on mm -hmm. muscle size and muscle function. And they looked at things like um, explosive strength, maximal strength, muscle mass, those kind of things. And they put a couple different groups doing um, identical strength prescriptions. And then one group doing, or two, the groups that were doing aerobic training were doing it as part of the same session, but also part of like a separate session. So you had like a control group that was just strength training, strength training with concurrent aerobic work, like as part of it or close together and then was spacing out the aerobic work and they showed that there really was not much difference in the maximal strength piece or the muscle mass piece between um, the all the groups that was pretty good but when they tested things like explosive strength metrics um, they they found that you separating your aerobic work out 
helped a little bit more. So you could be sure. doing them at the same time, but separating it out helped you gain or keep a little bit more of that or gain a little more sure. of that. Sure. So I, I take all that into account when I'm trying to figure out, well, what am I going to do when with these athletes? Gotcha. So, all right. So in those, in those uh, aerobic sessions, like are, are we talking low intensity, steady state, like 60%? Are we talking about more like zone two, 70 yeah, yeah. percent heart rate, a little bit, yeah. of, a little bit of both? For sure. I think, I think that's where you have a little bit of a progression. That's so you could, so yeah. Okay. So, so like you, you can start, start so, so I'm, yeah, I may start lower, lower steady state type stuff and build volume first. Mm-hmm. So I might start them off at, you know, they might be doing, it might be 30 minutes of, you know, 10 minutes on the bike, 10 minutes on the road, 10 minutes on the bike. Right. And I might take a few weeks to a, you know, a month of building that up to where that session starts to become, you know, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, 60 minutes. Now they're moving an hour of bike row, bike row, easy, all still easy. Um, and then potentially take that and try to increase intensity from that to now maybe I'm doing, you know, the bike is one mile bike at, you know, you know maybe a zone two effort and then hop off and walk for a minute before getting on the rower. And then it's a thousand meter a zone two effort and then walk. And then right. now you're still, you're still doing the same types of things. You're just increasing some intensity of the work piece of it sure. um, without allowing them to push too hard on that to where they start to dip into more of that middle zone. We're trying to, you know, maybe avoid a little bit. And, and uh, I should preface this with saying, I will still give them touches on that middle zone period. A lot of my people who are my crossers in the off season, I'm still giving them nuggets. You know, I'm giving them little, little, they'll carry the rabbit, you know, dangling the carrot in front of the rabbit a little bit here and there. But they know that's not the emphasis. That's just because it's great mentally. It's fun. Um, it gets them training with their members. They hop into a class and they do something hard. Like that's still good. Right. But the majority of their training isn't that. Um, and then you know, if I have somebody who say doesn't have time to build more and more volume on the aerobic work, say, say they have a half an hour in the morning to do one of those pieces, then I'm taking them through more where it's it's steady state and then it's maybe more interval based and I'm progressing the interval base and then I'm resetting to a steady state and the goal is that steady state pace and output is higher than the previous time I did was sure. doing steady state so that they're overall, I'm pushing the curve up. Right, that makes correct, sense. correct. Yeah. But even so, with, within mm-hmm. that progression, that steady state is yeah, still yeah. going to be much lower than, than being in the class. Do, than yeah, competition much market. lower, yeah. And, and I feel like that's such a hard thing for people to wrap their heads around. It's hard for CrossFitters to learn well, how to go slow. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of people, a lot of people yeah, yeah, for sure. athletes and exercise where it's like you feel like you have to suffer in order to get mm-hmm. the benefit from it. And certainly there is a time and a place for that. But yeah. I imagine it's probably a, a bit of a tough selling point yeah. for some folks. For sure. As well. I mean, and then you can go into the rabbit as to why, like the mm-hmm. rabbit hole as to why. So when I look at, at why we're doing that, and sometimes people need to understand that a little bit, is you're looking at like what what are the adaptations you're trying to accomplish here? Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of things that, that happen with aerobic development there and why you want people to maybe go slow in this instance. First off, we're talking about actual beneficial cardiac hypertrophy here a little bit because you have certain kinds of changes in the cardiac walls that you don't want when they get a little bit thicker and things and we have pathological hypertrophy but we actually don't mind if the chamber increases because the chamber increases uh, we have more potential to actually have more blood essentially pushed out with each ejection and so having um, that slow steady state aerobic work you're working on actually increasing the size of the left the the the, the left side of the heart too to be able to help with that Right. Um, so just practicality for all that time that you spend on the bike doing your, your yeah, yeah, steady yeah. state work, it, it, it basically creates an eccentric heart, fills up that left ventricle so it can fill up more blood. And then when you go hit your friend, hit your thrusters, it can pump more blood into all those working muscles and you're not going to die as quickly because you did that boring stuff and that yeah. steady state stuff on the bike. And if you didn't do that, if all you did was go hard all the time, 
then you're probably still going to get beat by the person who's doing both. For sure, for sure, and they, you, exactly. You're, you're, you've got you've got changes like positive changes to the heart there. But then you have to look at what else it does. Um, in addition to that, is that you're actually potentially increasing you know mitochondrial density and and changes in the mitochondrial the concentration of mitochondrial enzymes. You're basically making you know your system more efficient by doing that low and slow and that kind of stuff. Um, which again, it's like that's that's the kind of stuff that that. You know, is going to help you long term because most of CrossFit type workouts, you're actually working pretty aerobically for a lot of it. Um, it, it it's going to help. It, it actually can. Um, you know, it, it's not as all hard, high intense efforts. Those long twenty minute AMRAPs. The underlying part of it is how aerobically developed you. Correct. Yeah, right? if you can't sustain that output, then it all becomes aerobic. For sure. I think that's something you've said a few times. Uh, exactly. In, in different words. And the other part with the mitochondria density is, mm-hmm. is you just feel better throughout yeah. the day. You have more 100%. energy. You're not you're not wiped out. Yeah, it ended up a tough yeah. work day. We didn't have sleep the night before. That kind of thing. Yeah, you're 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 essentially three year olds waking up at three or four <laughs> in the morning. Yeah, yeah. If you look at like why is this important to keep it slow? Is you are learning how to. Your, your body to better supply and deliver oxygen to working tissues, which helps you operate aerobically longer, which is pushing up that threshold by which you can operate aerobically to when you have to operate anaerobically. And as mm-hmm. you push past that threshold to operate anaerobically, you get the byproducts of that. And when you get the byproducts of that, that's what's going to lead to metabolic fatigue when in a workout, what's going to slow you down, the burning, the change in the pH that's happening there. Um, and then you know, to recover from that, to have clearance of that, to be able to do multiple events in the same day, multiple training session, even multiple pieces within a training session, that's largely driven by the aerobic system too. And so for me, I look at it as like the supply and delivery of oxygen and the uptake and utilization in the muscle and the ability to recover in between it and push up that anaerobic threshold, you need to do slow aerobic work. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you are like we've been talking about the whole reason this conversation is, if you're gonna do that, how do you get the most out of that and still do other stuff? Sure. And that's why prioritizing this and pairing this with more of your maximal strength development and your, your muscle mass and ma- uh, muscle hypertrophy part of it you can do those together, as we've seen both practically in, in you and I's practice, mm-hmm. and but also we've seen it in, in all these studies. And so that's that is important to note because if you do that and you lay this base out there, then when you want to do the hard stuff, the high intensity intervals, you're in a better starting point, and you can get more out of that training and recover better from that training, which means you're going to adapt better to that training, and ultimately that makes you better across the board because during that time we're just getting touches on the other pieces to keep those high and then you you do the cycle you go over it again and so for a crossfitter i know i keep going back to that because that's who i train a lot of the crossfit season dictates when i'm doing all these things Mm -hmm. but for the general person it's just talking about your life when are you traveling a lot when are you in town a lot when do you you know what do you uh you know what's your schedule look like what times of the year you know if you're an accountant obviously in the spring we're probably not doing the high intensity stuff leading into tax season but then you know you get a a ton of time off from all that overtime you're working in the summer and and we're able to start hitting some things hard Um, you're prioritizing based on their life versus prioritizing based on their season right um but you still want to be prioritizing. I think that's where people mess mess things up a little bit. Is like I'm just going to go to the gym. I'm going to kick my ass every single day in there, and I'm expecting to just get better. And for a while, you will, but eventually, it might actually make it harder to keep getting better. Sure. And that's kind of where this comes in. Yeah, and and I think with that too, if you're just trying to not have excess body fat, that's mm-hmm. going to work for a while. But then eventually, you do that long enough, that's not sustainable either. And I think yeah. that's what James Fitzgerald talked about, how about it ages every system, including your psychological exactly. system. Exactly. Yeah, so, you, you, the intensity piece is great 
for a while. <laughs> but if you're talking about health and longevity, you don't necessarily need to do that to live a long right. time, man. The, uh, the the main things I feel like that have been shown to increase longevity, number one is overall caloric restriction. That's not saying don't eat at all. It just means don't overeat, right. number one. Mm-hmm. And then easy aerobic work and, and, have it, and maintaining muscle mass. Sure. If you maintain muscle mass later in life, you have easy, easy movement things like walking and easy aerobic stuff as part of your entire your life as you go through that. And then you are not not constantly overeating. You got a chance to live a long time there. Yep. And, you know, so. Gotcha. <laughs> so we talked a lot about CrossFit. Yeah, but, I know. But let's That's, say, yeah. all right, let's say I'm just a dude, I'm just a bro. I just want to get yeah, big. Want to get swole. I just want to get swole. Well, if you want to get swole, you oh, don't go to your CrossFit right, class, right? right? That's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> if that's all your only goal is, but, yeah. But, yeah. But let's say I, I, I have no interest in CrossFit. I just want right. to go to my, you know, my goals gym. You right or, now, you're just trying yeah, to get exactly. swole. Just, just hit just, 190 on the scale. Yeah, that's right. Let's go. Three years working on that. But anyways, so I just want to get big. Should I just skip cardio altogether? No, no. I think that that's another piece of this. That's kind of part of it. Is uh, is you think you can get you can go without it completely? Is it? Well, actually, so, back so, up. We, we've established that yeah. I can't just lift weights faster to right. get to get my cardio on. So yeah, for sure. Should I skip it altogether? You know, I think if you <laughs> so. Is the cardio piece of it really helping you gain more muscle mass? I would say that would probably be a hard argument to make. Right. But if you're talking about overall health and the ability to continue to keep going to the gym and recovering from it and doing things, because we do, I do think that easy, active recovery, aerobic type work is actually helping you maybe recover from those bouts. Mm-hmm. We do know that's that's super helpful from recovering from the the soreness, delayed onset muscle soreness from the the micro damage you're creating and all, uh, you know from lifting, and then also the metabolic stress from from longer sets, depending on like the like met, like hypertrophy type lifting is is metabolically demanding yeah, too. High volume, yeah, exactly. And so the we know aerobic works maybe helping recover that. So I would say mm-hmm. you would still want to do it from that instance. Sure. Plus, again, if you can get some long term health benefits, it probably is going to help maybe a little bit with some body composition stuff uh, as part of it but it, it doesn't have to be extensive it doesn't have to be the main priority it also can be separate like we mentioned from it it can be going for a walk it can be going for 30 minutes on the Stairmaster a couple times a week it can yeah. be it doesn't have to be and, anything crazy and just don't take our word for it too look at the, the best has ever done it look at your your Jay Cutler's and your mm-hmm. Ronnie Coleman's they they were doing cardio as yeah, well too yeah. they had they're, doing, they're getting right. in they're they're getting on the Stairmaster and they're exactly. they're working up a hard sweat and it's yep. it's it's challenging it's difficult they're doing they're 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 not necessarily beating themselves up with running mm-hmm. because because if you really are trying to maximize a lot of these different things, you might want to go more the non-impact route, um, just because you're you're going to be stressing your your joints and everything enough through the training you're doing. Like maybe go the non-impact, the biking, the rowing, the swimming, the the, the walking, mm-hmm. the the elliptical, the stairmaster. All I mean, there's so many options. Mm-hmm. Ski, you know, it, it, you can do any of it. It's pushing, yep. you know, dragging sleds. You know, a lot of bodybuilders are drag right. sleds. For you know, sure. those, those kind of things. Powerlifters too. I think powerlifters maybe take it even more to the extreme than bodybuilders do. Of like I'm just trying to get super strong, so I don't need to do any cardio. I'm gonna hit a set. I'm gonna rest yeah. 15 minutes. I'm gonna rest hit 15 minutes. I'm gonna hit rest another rep. Yeah. Yeah. And but even you look at like you look at our buddy Donnie. You know Donnie is the most you know in my opinion the the best powerlifter ever live. I know Hoff, but I also love Hoff. Hoff is a great guy, and he's now the current world record. Two people have ever told 3,000 pounds right in the right. entire history of the world. And Donnie right. did it like what 15 years ago, and there's been one right. person since. And you look at both of them like. You know, Donnie will be pushing. Wheel, he, they do. They pick up wheelbarrows. They're dragging sleds. They're doing. I mean, he's not doing. Yeah, Donnie cardio. was a pioneer in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, he's swinging. He swings. Kettlebells. He's all, yeah. I mean, you're looking at like there's. It's not. He's not just sitting there and right. only doing heavy squats. Mm-hmm. 
So there is some some piece to this as part of it. But you notice he's not doing six minute, seven minute hard met comps. He's not doing Fran type stuff because that because that's not going to help him from a maximal strength development. Now, if you're somebody listening to this and you're like, I really just I don't care if I'm the biggest I can be or the absolute strongest I can be or I'm going to run I don't want to run the fastest ultra marathon. If you're somebody who just does want I want to look like I lift weights, I want to have some good muscle mass, I want to be pretty lean, then something like CrossFit might be might be a good option for mm-hmm. you um, because you can still get pretty big and pretty strong mm-hmm. doing that kind of stuff. We're talking simply on the maximal like development, trying to get as close to your genetic potential in those specific areas. You wouldn't want to necessarily crush yourself on the high intensity stuff too. For sure, that's what we're trying to get at. Got gotcha. you. Yeah, because you know when I mean, we are crossers at heart, you know. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. But I know it's like if somebody's a max, I'm not trying to get all my powerlifters that come in to see me to switch to do some CrossFit. It's not because it's not going to help them. For you sure. know. But yeah. So in summary, the interference <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. The interference yeah. effect, it it does exist, right? It's more of a theory, right, than yeah. an actual tangible thing. Right, 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 right. We're thinking about it on the the biochemical cellular level. Yeah, for sure. And it kind of all comes down to your training, your program, your goals, so on and so forth. Right? Yeah, that's a big for sure. Part of it. That's a big part of it. So if you are a CrossFitter listening to this, and, and a light bulb went off, and it's like, okay, I actually maybe I need to to switch some things up and look at things from the longer term outlook. How can, what are some resources for that? So just to give you a call? Yeah, give us a call, man. You know, I think, uh, I mean, I have to, I, I say it all the time. I got to attribute a lot of my, my stuff to this, to, um, to, the, to going through the OPEC stuff mm-hmm. um, initially. I mean, that's where I think I was first exposed to a lot of this stuff because that I started that even like pri- pre my master's program or like even like, like concurrently, mm-hmm. speaking of concurrent, concurrently with my master's program, which was also in applied physiology too, it was extra mm-hmm. science um, section of that. And so uh, we got that in, in school too. So, I mean, if you're going to go more the formal education route, you know, I think OPEX and stuff it is, is great. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, for for if you have questions on this or you want more, I mean, it's, it's about hiring somebody who knows as yep. a coach, you Absolutely. know, coach, Absolutely. have coach too. I have the same coach that I've had is what was it now? It's 2023. Um, since I walked in the gym in 2012, mm-hmm. you know, or 20, not 2012, 2012. And I uh, started writing an individual program for me in 2013. So it'll be, yep. it'd be about thir- about 10 years of an individualized program on somebody that I felt knew like what they were doing. Yep. Everybody and, needs a coach. Yeah. Tom Brady has a coach. Michael Jordan had a coach. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs one. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and if you're looking to make those changes, we got the open coming up. So probably not a great time. Yeah. To do it'd it be yet. harder to get. max to prioritize some of this right now. Um, if, if the open is but, your goal, it's, I think I saw a thing. It's 37 days or something. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But if you're a physio, we got the real competition coming up this oh, fall. Mic drop. The return of the biggest yeah. competition in the world, Fittest Physio Fittest 2023. Physio. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. Fall this fall, man. This fall. So if you, remember, you may have yeah, you yeah, the belts, we gotta have belts again. Cause I mean who doesn't want to get a nice championship belt? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're seeing wearing out to the bar after you win this thing. <laughs> you know, we're hopefully we'll um we'll be able to in, to get Sponsors again. We were fortunate to have some great sponsors last time. Again, this is for PTs, PT students, PTAs. You know, this is the PT realm. Um, you know, this is a chance to throw down. I mean, we got to see if Garrett and Kelly are going to come out and, and try That's to defend right. their titles. It's been That's a couple right. of years now. I think they're both still training. So I, I don't talk to either of them consistently, so I don't. You know, it's I, did, a, I, did, I didn't. I didn't. Garrett's like I didn't. I didn't say much about it because there's people saying I got this. I'm going to win. You know, some people yeah, yeah, in other yeah. parts of the country, and I was like, well. 
just because you haven't heard of this guy, Garrett, it doesn't mean he's not going to win this Dude, thing. Garrett, like, Garrett is a freaking beast. Garrett, Garrett he does Garrett's not. He's not very active on social media. But no, I don't even know if he has social was, media. I, I think if I need to get to him, I have to message exactly, his wife exactly. Dana if I want to talk yeah, to yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there are several beasts out there that you haven't heard of. So now's the time. There's you know this for good reason. There's been a lot of you know don't talk about it, be about it stuff in the profession uh, that I you know actually coined that term back in 2013. Yeah. FY. But anyways. Th- that that um, this is the time to show it, right? See where this you stack it. up this with my world. And I, as far as sponsors goes, I mean, we, we had people all over the world. I think, doing this yeah, I think so I finished wanna... like tied for tenth at that because we didn't have a very big population doing it. And and now I'm looking at it, I was like, I'm just hoping to be in the top hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we I, I looked at the scores the other night. We ended up having forty ish forty ish people in the male. We had more in the female category, I believe. Yeah, we had yeah, a lot they, of they ladies out. come out there, and yeah. the ladies kept the ladies side of it was right. competitive, man. Yeah, and the reason why we didn't things got a little weird, right? Because the last event that we had, we had five events, and mm-hmm. fifth one. Was like right at the time they started shutting everything down. Everything so people couldn't get their right gyms. Yeah, we had we, we got had, to the point where we're like, well, what happens if somebody can't finish the workout because their gym's yeah. closing? And then you know it was like two, our, then yeah. two years of weirdness with all that kind of stuff. Things are kind of finally getting back to normal. So now it's time. Now, now it's, it's time. time. So it'll yep. be yeah because that we did it in. So, so the reason we did it then, though, was because the Open was in the fall. Mm-hmm. It was October Open. And then they switched back to the spring. Right. So that's why it's not going to be in the spring again. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to make it like six-ish months away. So it's like right in the middle of the Open. Which, yep. again, if you're thinking about the interference effect, bringing it all home, mm-hmm. it would be a great time to, if you're a CrossFitter or, or somebody that's a physio that does CrossFit and does the Open and wants to do this, you would prioritize the building of those the, that middle ground leading into the Open. And then you would reset. And then lead Leading into phys physio yep. and then reset. It's boom. Yep. It's like we. It's like we knew this was happening. And for your students <laughs> out there, every, every PT just about does CrossFit. Every PT and their mom, right? Yeah. So that's become a common thing. You're not special anymore because you do CrossFit. Yeah. But let's say you place top ten in this thing and you're boom. competing for a job. You both do great in the interview. They're gonna look at these scores. There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. This is a new hiring that's criteria. Right. That's Here right. we go. Boom. Oh man. All right. That's it, man. That's, that's it, man. Tonight. I think that's all I got. All right. I'm I, think we're, I think we're circling the drain now. All right. We'll be back next week with another episode. It's Better Faster Podcast. We're out. Give me the